Well, good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome to the Voice of the Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and across the way, Pastor Rick Whitmer is in the room with me once again. Rick, always, always good to see you. Always good to see you too. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's bleak and dreary outside. It is not in January. It is, but being in here is like the full signing of the shining of the sun. <laughs> and it's that's, not just me. It just that seems a little extreme, but. It might be. It is. But that's because of how bleak it is outside. I'm just trying to throw some perspective on this. It is. It's you really, know, really good to be here with you. Didn't didn't NASA just create a spaceship that, like, not a spaceship, but like a... Like a, sat- like a satellite camera? thing that can literally land on the sun now. Oh, I don't I don't know about that. I thought I, I saw something like that. Maybe that was just a dream of mine. How do you land on a giant ball of gas? Well, like they're they're able to enter into like a sphere. That, I think I heard about that. Was it on Not the Bee? I don't know. Probably, that's our news source for you. Well, it's I, one of the few that you can trust. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're related to, um, but not the bee, but you are related to the Babylon Bee. Hmm. I mean, it's obviously a trusted source. So I would. I know it is. I'm a. I'm a subscribing member. You are. In fact, I just got an email that my subscription is about to renew. And you renewed It'd be nice that. if they just said, you've been selected for a free year. Your renewal is $0, but it's not that sunny of a day. So well, maybe I suspect we could that, that I'm going to be <laughs> $90 lighter here in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, it is. It's been dreary the last, you know, it seems like the last few weeks of just like, you know the the weather won't lift. Mm-hmm. The, it's like it's like the the episode of of the Crown, the London Fog episode. Oh, I was thinking about that episode the other day so when good. it was foggy. You need, so glad we don't have like sulfur fog. Yeah, that we're not dying. Terrible. So if 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 you haven't watched the Crown on Netflix, uh, that is a highly recommended show, and they have a whole episode on. With some episodes, I think, namely in season two, are worth yeah. skipping. Yeah, you might want to skip in order to be a Christian. To <laughs> <laughs> but that particular uh, episode in season one with the fog so good. and watching Winston Churchill navigate that and, oh. and play it down and then kind of try to recover that politically. Yeah. I had no clue that that had happened. I had no But idea. you and I are both pretty big Churchill fans. Yeah. And John Lithgow did a good church, a good he Churchill. Did. He did. So whenever I see that it's foggy and dreary and cold outside, that's... You wonder if you're going to die. I Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, no, we're doing good. Good. We're doing good. Yeah. 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 Well, we have a we have a pretty big subject ahead of us here. Pretty weighty. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna be wading into some uh Ooh. deep waters. Good play on words. You like that? Wading into it. Wading into it. Wading into what? Deep waters. Which kind? Dark waters. Okay. I'm tapping out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we uh we're going to be talking about Roe versus Wade today oh, and the implications of I've heard of that of what that has had on on our nation. Um Yeah. So let's dive into it, Rick. Okay. Do you want to do that? Mm, you're the host. Okay. Uh so just a few days ago on January 22nd Uh, Our nation's leaders, quote-unquote, celebrated the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, uh, the 49th anniversary 
to be exact. And um, Vice President Harris, uh, at this on this anniversary, said this. Roe v. Wade gave women the right to control their own bodies, to plan their own families, to determine their own futures. Roe v. Wade advanced women's equality. And that case, that case, Roe v. Wade, saved women's lives. And then President Biden on the same day tweeted this. He said, the constitutional right established in Roe v. Wade 49 years ago today is under assault as never before. We must recommit to strengthening access to reproductive care, defending the right established by Roe, and protecting the freedom of all people, <laughs> of all people to build their own future. You know, we sit there, you and I, I just watched you grimace. and <laughs> Okay, so... Which people <laughs> yeah. to build their own future? Yeah. Let me ask, you know, yeah. I mean, for just a moment, Mr. President, yeah. um, which people do we want to ensure have the right to build their own future? Right. Is it is it the ones we're murdering? Um, no, no, it's not them, right? They, they don't get a voice in it. Right. You know, that's the insanity of an argument like that. Right. So, so Rick, we just heard from from both our vice president and our president uh, the the positives of what Roe v. Wade has has brought to this nation for women. Right? This is this is how they're painting this picture. Yes, our leaders, our leaders of the nation, the ones we've elected. So, so why why is the use of language specifically what they're they're speaking of? Why is their language fundamental in their argument for? abortion because the i because the argument that so the way that we talk about pregnancy define the way we use language generally communicates our worldview language is not neutral right and so when you think about roe v wade i believe that was where the idea of the trimester came from it was within the judicial uh, deliberations that they identified oh first second third trimester and you can do x well scientifically Okay, yeah, I get it. Nine months divided mm-hmm. by three trimesters. Mm-hmm. But that's not something divinely revealed um, or even communicated in nature. Um, there is no meaningful difference to a child's, you know, development at, at six weeks versus six months mm-hmm. as far as their personhood, their the sanctity of that life, um, their worth or dignity. There's, there's no material difference except that at six months they're viable. And at six weeks, they're not, if they were to be outside the womb, okay? Um, so I think the cutoff right now is like 23 weeks, where if a baby's born after 23 weeks, they, they'll they take life-saving measures to, to preserve the life of the child. But before that, you know, it's not really viable. Right. And maybe it's, I, I haven't looked at the latest numbers on what they can do and when, but when President Biden is talking about um, the right to determine future, that language already shows that if you're on the side that's against legal abortion, and to put it in, in real terms, since we're talking about the use of language, yeah. legal murder of innocent human beings before birth, yeah. which is what it is in God's sight, you have already done two things. One, you have um, you've put the conversation in terms of well-being, 
for somebody who will be harmed if you don't let them do this. Um, in, in this case, you must be against women deciding their own futures if you aren't for them ending somebody else's future in their mm-hmm. womb. Mm-hmm. That, was a language, that was a language move. He painted a reality with his words. Yeah. All right, so we're image bearers of God. One of the ways that we image God is our speech is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Is all, of all the other creatures in this world, they're not speaking things that have meaning the way that we do. So we are meaning makers, and our meaning comes from our words, which image is the one who gave us words, who, who is the word of God incarnate, Christ, right. and who God, with his word, spoke into existence things that no longer are. Right. Same way if a husband and a wife are in a fight, and wife says, I want a divorce, that's, that's four words. But they have now created a reality. Mm-hmm that didn't exist before, Mm -hmm. which is there has been a fundamental rupture, and and she's not getting those words back, Mm -hmm. even if they don't divorce, because words matter. So that's one thing that's going on. Um, The other is that we redefine reality Mm -hmm. based on our words. So for example, calling it abortion, even though that's technically true, instead of um, the murder of the unborn, it removes by degrees, how severe it is. Mm-hmm. So, okay, another example. Um, adultery or an affair? Mm-hmm. Which one's worse? What sounds worse to you? Adultery. Oh, yeah, right? We've yeah. got thousands of years of history with that word. Right. And it's, uh, it, there's a weight to it that just isn't, it doesn't, doesn't, we don't like it. Sure. But affairs are, you know, high society it's going back to churchill in his age now he was faithful to his wife and it was just an incredibly their marriage was some some something that was very rare in their families right. but they're you know i was reading a um a biography of that time and this the rampant adultery among the lords and ladies of britain the parties they had mm-hmm. what they would do oh it was just it was it makes us look tame mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. But we call it an affair, and all of a sudden it becomes somewhat civilized. Right. So that's why I think language is such a big deal, because how we talk about things determines, you know, determines oftentimes where we go with it, yeah. or the urgency with which we view it. And then two, it communicates what we actually think about it. Right. Yeah. And, and here's, the, here's the leaders of our nation doing that for a nation, right. which is a complete abdication of responsibility, and it makes me mad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's usually the case, right? When we when we're um, going when anything's antithetical to the gospel, it's usually shrouded with with vague um, positive language, right? I yeah. mean, we we see this all around us. We see this in the transgender mm-hmm. movement. We see this in abortion. We see this in um, affairs. We see. I mean, it's usually the the language that you there, that is used is is softened. Yes, um, that's what it is. It's softening. And it's, it makes it okay. When your dog doesn't want to take... You don't have a dog. I don't either. Um, when a dog, though, doesn't want to take a pill, what does what their owner do? They crush it up and they put it in the food. Yeah. We wrap it in cheese. Yep. It's more palatable that way. Yeah. Satan does the same thing mm-hmm. with lies, deception, and destruction. Yeah. He doesn't come in, you know, through the front door... Um, guns blazing, saying, hey, follow me, you know, worship me. 
down with God. Right. Like that's the rare approach. Yep. Um, he's called a, uh, he, he, an angel of light. He appears as an angel of light. So his messengers appear as an angel of light, yep. as messengers of light. Paul yep. talks about this in Second Corinthians. It's much more like he came in through the window. Yeah. The sound of crescendo. <laughs> How can I not think of that? You, well, I, I don't know. You did. I didn't. Sorry. I shouldn't have brought Michael into this. No, you. Uh, it made me think of Ryan Howard in The Office when he gives <laughs> gives Michael his yogurt after he burns his foot, he, and he crushes the ibuprofen <laughs> and he puts it in the. Puts oh, it in that's the, so good. We're making a lot of movie oh, quotes man. here or TV show quotes. Um, no, but that's that, that's true, right? Like it happened in the garden. It did. Did God actually? Yeah. Say yes. And then you see it in in. The wilderness with Christ, where he takes mm-hmm. he takes biblical truths and shrouds it in just such a way, he twists it in just such a way um, that it makes it seem like that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, palatable, right? Um, and that's how false doctrine really grabs hold. It's it's not through patently and biblical ideas. And now I'm just making a, a, a lateral move into the church real quick. Right, right, right. But that's one of the reasons why it's so important that we know our Bibles. Mm-hmm. This is because there's a lot of Proverbs been quoted from the book of Proverbs that were never in the book of Proverbs. You know, yeah, right. God helps those who helps them who help themselves. That's a, that's a wonderful proverb. And a lot of people don't know that's not there. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an American proverb. Yeah. It's not one of Solomon's. Yeah. 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 So anyway, well, well, and and it makes it important for us as just you know faithful Christians in a society that that is shra- I keep saying shrouded, um, but it's a good word. Um, it preaches keeps getting hit with with language. Like that's 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 why language is so important. Is look at how they redefine. We talked about about built C four up yeah. in Canada two yep. weeks ago. Yep, they redefined. Yeah, they redefined their way. They used language to enact a reality. Yeah. And that's one of the things, by the way, this is another tangent, but it's very related to this conversation. Um, people who say, okay, well, as Christians, our vote does not enact reality. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it really does. Um, enough people, including professing Christians, voted for the two people who said the things that you just opened the show with. Yeah. And they said, well, they don't really have much influence on uh, things like abortion, right? That's a legislative move. That's a judicial move. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. And uh, when you, when you, when enough people put a particular vote on a page in a particular way, real people go to the White House, mm-hmm. who and, and real people in the White House, even if they decide sleeping. who. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, decide who goes to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons Roe versus Wade right now is such a big deal to um, the pro-abortion side, as far as being at existential risk of being overturned, is because, like him or not, uh, Donald Trump made some consistent and good decisions, mm-hmm. and now real things are happening. Mm-hmm. And so... That's not to say this is not a pro-Donald Trump move here, but what I'm saying is, as Christians, we don't have the right to vote whichever way we want. And there are some things, like the subject we're discussing now, that are so make it or break it, that until you've got that right, we, by conscience, must be a one-voter ticket, Hmm. like our one-issue voter. Hmm. That's what we—I don't see a way around it. R.C. Sproul one time um, said that he would never vote for even a dog catcher who didn't have 
the issue of life correct. Because hmm. that's like the gateway issue that God charges government officials with. Mm-hmm. The protection of innocent life by punishing the bad, by protecting the good, mm-hmm. and promoting human flourishing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, you have nothing to do in I government. Think, I think that's in the Bible somewhere, isn't it? It's right in the Bible. Yeah. In many places. <laughs> it is right in the Bible. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, and we and we talked about that uh, on a podcast. I don't know, year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. We're, just about like we have to we have to get the front door right. We can't just. That's what it was. Front door voting. Front door voting. And this issue is the front door. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's otherwise good. you come through a window, <laughs> and you shouldn't be there. Uh, so uh, obviously, abortion is not a new phenomenon. It's not like when Roe v. Wade start Roe v. Wade got started that that was like the first time abortion has has happened. This is this has been happening for a long time, um, along with infanticide. Um, that's that's been around for quite a while. And what's that? Uh, that's the killing of of children after they're born. After they're born, yeah. Yep, very common practice in uh, Rome. Yep, Roman culture. Yeah. So Rick, take us take us back to the first couple centuries of the early church. Um, when when this stuff is happening in real time, uh, what what's the church's response in Rome as people are discarding their babies because it has a defect or it's a girl or it's a you know and they're just they're getting rid of their babies? What what is the church coming along and doing in in the early church at this point? Yeah, and this is actually one of the more well documented early church practices because the first post apostolic like pretty much one of the earliest documents of church history. It's part of a collection of works called the Church, or called the Apostolic Fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the Didache, which means the teaching. It's not a long document. You could read it in, in 20 to 30 minutes. Easy. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about what Christianity looks like, things you do and things you don't do. Now, people misunderstand the Didache to be moralistic in saying it's just a list of do's and don'ts. We ought to think in biblical terms of how does somebody who is radically redeemed by the grace of God, taken from death to life, moved from condemnation to mercy and every blessing of God, how does that kind of a person live? Mm-hmm. And the Didache is not inspired scripture. Okay, there are things in there that you're just like, we don't need to do, we don't need right. to do that. But one right. of the things that's insightful to this discussion is that um, the Christians, it says that the Christians, they would rescue babies. And, and the, one of the main means um, that children were, um, were involved in infanticide, who were killed by infanticide, would be um, exposed to is it's called exposure. They would literally leave a baby out in the rubbish heap mm-hmm. to just be exposed to the elements and die. If it was a, and a lot of times daughters were more at risk mm-hmm. because they were viewed as less desirable, right? And so Christians would go around in the streets and see these babies left in exposure and they would rescue them. Mm-hmm. They would take them in. They would be part of the family. So adoption of abortion vulnerable children, as it were, is what they would do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things that in the terms of the Didache set Christians apart from others. Yeah, yeah. Rescue. They took Proverbs twenty four. Actually, I just providentially happened to be right here. I honestly, I didn't plan this. Yeah. I just I was just a couple of pages away, and I have no idea why. <laughs> um, it says if you in Proverbs twenty four verse ten through twelve, 
Um, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. Hmm. If you say, behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Hmm. Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Hmm. In other words, physically and spiritually speaking, um, Christians are those who see people who are on their way to death. And they do everything within their within their means as they're placed where they are providentially by God to save life. Mm. And if you're a Roman Christian, as you're walking through the streets, if you see a baby out and exposed, everybody else is passing by because that's common practice. That baby isn't has already been determined it will not live. Mm-hmm. But the Christian picks it up. They don't need to go home and pray about it. They know God's already spoken. Yeah. And if you say, well, we didn't, we didn't know this was going on. Does not he who sees your heart know? Yeah, you did. Mm. Yeah, you knew. Mm. Yeah, it may have been behind closed doors, but you knew. Mm. You knew what was going on, and you did nothing. That's a weighty thought. Yeah, it is. That is. And this, that's why this is so weighty. Uh, it's not because of, um, you know, obviously, obviously, the children that are are dying, um, but also, you know, our our responsibility as Christians, you know, what what is what are we to do? Um, we want to be known, and this has been. I got to give credit to to Jody J, um, down at Life Choices. Mm-hmm. I've watched her. I was there when um, she was interviewed. I was in the group interview, um, so I've known her at Life Choices from day one of her ministry there. And one of the things I've watched really flourish under her leadership is this message that we don't want to be known primarily as those who are against abortion, but we want to be known as those who are pro abundantly life. Yeah. You know, I, Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Mm. And that's spiritual and eternal life. And that means that that's going to have real world implications mm. right now. Mm-hmm. It's life affirming, mm. life rescuing, life helping. It's truly pro-life. Yeah. Not just by word, but also by deed. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Jody J. Jody J. Jody J. So, Rick, we are uh, we're talking about this subject today, um, not only because it was the 49th anniversary just a few days ago, yeah, uh, but the reason why Harris, Harris, Vice President Harris and President Biden were making those comments uh, is because there's there's a strong possibility with Roe v. Wade being turned over, which is huge. That would be a big deal. That would be a big deal. A big step toward true justice. Yeah. And the ironic thing is that that decision was brought about in the highest court of the land yeah. and is perhaps the chiefest miscarriage of justice in the history of our nation. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, someone will say, yeah, but racism. I'll go, okay, take all the segregation laws and all the other injustices, wrap them up into this little thought. Um, this one kills indiscriminately. And the minorities you're concerned about are the are statistically the ones who have been most at risk right. and most harmed, right, right, most aborted. Yeah. And there's a reason Planned Parenthood, in its nefarious evil, has strategically put its clinics in lower socioeconomic neighborhoods mm-hmm. because it knows this is where the money is, mm-hmm. and not and oh they can't pay that's okay government subsidies 
it's it's in our insurance plans. Mm-hmm. We're getting paid. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. But here, in the year 2022, Lord willing. Lord willing. Things will happen. Yes. Things will happen. So, as as Christians, with the, I mean, Rick, if you if you type in Roe v. Wade in Google, okay. If you if you go into Google, you don't have to do it right now. But if you oh, go okay. into Google and you type in Roe v. Wade, you'll see all the news articles that pop up over the last few days. Yeah. Uh, and every single one of them is, um, basically saying. Uh, we need to defend this. We need to defend Roe v. Wade. Uh, you know, pro-lifers are going to, you know, overturn all these laws that have been put in place and women's rights are going to be lost and blah, blah, blah. And it's... it's and the climate's going to change. And the climate's changing uh, rapidly babies. because of that. So, I mean, you just read through the list and it is just like we have to fight against yes. this being turned over. Mm-hmm. Um what do we do as Christians now today with the potential uh, potentiality of Roe v. Wade being turned over? What do we do? Um, you mean if it is? No, just at, at now, currently. Oh, pray. With... You definitely do that. Yeah. Definitely okay. pray. Um, because the God who, who, who's in whose hands are the hearts of kings, you know, and that's also in Proverbs. I think it's in Proverbs 16. But he, oh yeah, no, here it is. It's in ch- that chapter I I had turned to randomly. The king's heart, (laughs) chapter 21, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Yeah, that's true of Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. So we want to pray that they will make righteous decisions Mm -hmm. the way that God's commissioned them to. That's the whole reason they're there, is to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to pray that the church in each state will be ready. Because the moment that's overturned, there, are, I think I heard that it's like in 23 states, this might have been on the briefing yesterday, there are trigger laws already on the books so that the moment Roe v. Wade is overturned federally um, and the decision goes back to the states, it, now there's 23 states where babies are safe. Hmm. And the laws are already on the books. Mm-hmm. Washington's not one of them. Sure. So we're here going to be in a battleground um, of a state. Mm-hmm. And we need to be, I think we need to be ready for that um, because it's going to be a state decision. Each state will decide for themselves whether to keep those kind of laws going, mm-hmm. which means that in New York, it'll be one of the most dangerous places for unborn children, right. if not the most dangerous place. Washington's not going to be far behind. So uh, we can do that. We can actually have these conversations and... Um, we can we can think of ways. How has God put us in His providence in locations and situations where where we can affirm life, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, and and actually take action to really care for the least. Yeah. Life choices is such a great ministry because one, it's an affiliate of ours for a reason. Um, they are on the front lines day by day, constantly seeing abortion vulnerable women. And I get I get these emails because I'm part of a prayer list about specific. They don't name names. They're very confident. They're very professional mm-hmm. in their confidentiality. It is a medical clinic um, of women who have chosen life mm-hmm. who were going to have abortions. Mm-hmm. It's happening every every week, yeah. and they know of needs. One small group in our church, uh, I think it's the workman group, has made it a practice of each Christmas reaching out to Life Choices to adopt a mother. 
mm-hmm. and to provide Christmas for her Christmas things. Yeah. And they check in with her the next year and throughout the year. And it's so cool to see that yeah. foster ministry, like the talk to the Benedettis and the Vickers, what examples of the kind of pro abundant life, um, commitments that somebody who's been changed by the gospel can have. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's plenty of opportunities. There's plenty of opportunities. And I think, you know, obviously you started with prayer, but when we actually start praying, it opens our eyes to the reality of, of what's actually taking place. You know, I think you mentioned earlier in this, this episode of, of how it can go, you know, out of mind, out of sight. Yes. Type of thing. Yep. You know, I don't, I don't drive by Planned Parenthood every day. And so I don't think about it. Most people don't. Yeah. They're pretty much out of the way. That's, I mean, that's, and that's nor that's, that's life, right? Like that's, yeah. that's life. If you, if you're not involved in something or aware of something, you're, you're just not going to think about it. But I think if you, if you stop and you, you're praying, actively praying for these things, obviously you're thinking about them. Um, yeah. and, and you're making it a priority. Um, in your life, yeah, for sure. Um, and then it then it transpires, obviously, into into action, as you as you were just saying. So yeah, and one of the ways to bring it to mind in, and to think about what, okay, I actually think there's a, I know that there's a, a significant portion of our population. It may be over fifty percent in all reality, who are not for abortion. Yeah, but those who are are really loud. They're really loud. They're using the gift of voice that God gave them Mm -hmm. to influence people to think that this is a lot more normal, a lot more common, a lot more supported Mm -hmm. than maybe we would actually find if we dug into the demographics of America. Mm -hmm. So we have voices. We have influence. This might be a way to redeem social media. Mm. Bring... What shout from the rooftops what happens in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Declare the lordship of Jesus on Satan's doorstep. Mm-hmm. And 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 shine, you know, the light of the the glory of God in the darkness of a womb that's about to be purged, mm-hmm. metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. of life. You know, by talking about and, and advocating for life and bringing this conversation where it has to remain in the public sphere. This is the chiefest of our sins as a nation right now, Mm. hands down, Mm. hands down. There's no two ways about it. That's not an opinion. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it is the chiefest reason for the judgment that God would rightly pour out upon our nation. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps this pandemic might be related to spiritually. Yeah. That's a theological educated guess. Yeah. It's a possibility. Yeah. And this and this comes back to the conversation that we've been having for the last few few weeks of the lordship of Christ in in all of life. Yes, you know, so if if Christ reigns, then He has to reign in all of our life, mm-hmm. not just part of it. Yep. Yeah. So, Rick, um, as we draw our our podcast to a conclusion, there there may be some who are listening to this podcast who have um, gone through an abortion. Um, or who are possibly thinking about going through abortion, um, how are you going to pastor them now? Um, you mean via this podcast? Via this podcast, okay. yeah. There is nothing that I think is more fundamentally, like there's, this is in the core 
shame basket of people's hearts. Um, there are there are some sins that, uh, even though all sin separates us from God, and all of us are under the righteous wrath of God, all of us without exception, mm. from conception through through death, like we're all of us there. There are some sins which um, the effects of them and the judgment upon them are so heinous, like they are they're so so grave that it's we we automatically know that there's a shame element involved that's unique this is one of those things which is one of the reasons by the way that i think the world is getting louder in there you know shout your abortion celebrate your abortion Mm -hmm. we need to we need to yell about how much we need to celebrate this because our hearts implicitly our consciences they already know what Mm -hmm. god has written into them Mm -hmm. which is that this is this is as low as you know it goes Mm -hmm. So somebody who's listening to this podcast is most likely a believer. And I want to say a couple things to you, if that's you and you're listening and you've had an abortion. One, Jesus knew about your abortion as he was going to the cross. Hmm. Okay? He knew about your abortion when he was going to the cross. And when you read Isaiah 53 and you see the destruction upon the sinless Son of God, who became a baby for the sole purpose of dying for you and for me. See how long that chapter is in communicating one idea. Mm -hmm. Jesus took your place. The chapter's long for a reason, because we get an itemized list of the sufferings of Jesus. And I think one of the reasons why it's itemized is because your sins were itemized. He didn't just die for your sins generally. He died for your abortion. And in that chapter, it says he bore our shame and carried our sorrows. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have shame because you have murdered your child and you have come to Christ in repentance, <laughs> there is not a shred of that shame mm. that is left for you to bear. Mm. Because Jesus bore it all, and you need to, more than anything else, believe the gospel and realize that God is not discovering those things along with you. He said it is finished before you did it. Hmm. So reorient your vision from the shame that you feel within and look upward to the Savior who took it all and cast it as far as the east is from the west. Okay, that's what I want to say to you. And if you've hidden that in shame and you haven't acknowledged that to a brother or sister in Christ, and you're dealing with that burden alone, stop it. We confess our sins to one another, not for redemption, but because we have nothing to hide. And there is freedom from acknowledging, as we do, week by week, our sins corporately, or acknowledging the deepest parts of our souls to a trusted brother or sister in Christ. And they will help you remember the gospel that you're struggling to remember. And then do what 2 Corinthians 1 says, which is turn turn the comfort of that grace that you have received from the Father in your pain and turn it outward to others. And then use that to comfort others. Consider getting involved in Life Choices post-abortion recovery ministry and tell somebody else who doesn't know the gospel you do 
how you found healing. Mm. Those are the those are some things that I would say to you right now. Yeah. That's good. That's good. The gospel's really, really good. The gospel's really good. Yeah. There is therefore now no condemnation. None. Yeah. Yeah. Well, church, this is a weighty subject. We hope that uh, you know, as as we've been working through this, that you would you would go to your knees in prayer, pray for our our leaders, pray for um, our Supreme Court and and decisions that are being made, and um, that God would do His work in this nation. You know what? And and I want to add that he is he is at work. Sure. He is at yep, work in this exactly. nation. And I know you know that. Yeah. But we need to it's easy when we think about things like this to to miss the beauty of God's creative life-giving power everywhere. Yeah. He's he's making all things. He's going to make all things new. Mm-hmm. He is making things new, such as there's two people at this table who were reprobate sinners on their way to hell until God made them new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, our church is bursting with life, yeah. which is so cool. People are getting saved. Babies are being born. More babies are being conceived as people are being obedient to their marriage vows and the culture mandate and the things that Pastor John told them to enjoy in that sermon a few weeks ago. <laughs> and in, in I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering... You know, what's new with you, man? With your clan? Uh, I don't know why you had to phrase it with, you know, John's sermon last week. It's going down in the books, man. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy your... Enjoy your wine. Yeah. Enjoy your sex. Enjoy and your... do it within the context of Scripture. Yeah. Anyways, There's back boundaries. to my question. There's boundaries. What's new with you guys? Yeah. Well, Rick and the staff found out today um, that we're having another another child. Ooh. So, oh, is, oh, I like that. Yeah. That is a, that is a happy way to end this that podcast, That is a happy man. way to end the podcast. Life is... He's the God of life. Yeah. yeah and every good is. and perfect gift is from above. This is true. This is true. And you guys are enjoying your gifts. We, <laughs> yeah. Do with that what you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Rick? Congratulations. You, you t- thank you. Thank you. You you uh, taught on Psalm 127 um, this last Sunday. I wasn't in your teaching, but I could just feel um, the encouragement coming from it. Could you? Even yeah. through the cinder block wall? It, even through the cinder block wall. Where you were wall. teaching? Yeah. So. Your wife wasn't there either, by no. the way. No. Yeah. Somebody was puking in the women's restroom. Yeah. I don't know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're so excited for yeah. you guys. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We're we're excited. Um Katie's I don't know how far. She's almost I think she's eleven weeks now. Okay. Um so we're we're almost through that first trimester. So Yeah. Another another pinch baby. Ooh, dude, yeah. Another pinch Everybody's baby. having trouble keeping count. Yeah. <laughs> Does, this brings it up to what, a dozen? It, yes, it will be a dozen. Yeah. Pinches. Just pinches. <laughs> Katie and I were oh. Katie and I were talking uh, just a few weeks back about, you know, student ministries in, in like seven years and just how chaotic it's gonna be. Just how nepotistic it's gonna be. <laughs> why, why do they always get the candy? Yeah. Why, why are they always the first ones here? <laughs> 
Yeah, just how many how many pinches will it, pinches will be there? So that's gonna uh, be awesome. Yeah, we're we're excited, obviously, and it's it's a little little chaotic, obviously. Uh huh. We're we're yeah. Uh, um, but but God's good. So glory in the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some good books on our shelf dealing with some you know loving yeah. Christ when your hands are treasuring Christ when your hands yeah. are full. Yeah. Loving the little years. Yeah. Um, how to how to how to live you know how to not die yeah day by day that's yeah a survival manual too that's handling so many blessings that you're <laughs> well church we love you thank you so much for listening to voice of the valley um it is a weighty subject but we have a good god and he's uh, continuing to do good things and so until next week we love you and see you sunday